everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 13 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. On this podcast, we will showcase alumni from each one of these schools to share their success stories and insights with you. Today, we're thrilled to welcome Emir Bahadir, an alumnus from TASIS, the American school in Switzerland. Emir, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Of course. Um, I'm honored to be participating in this call in this podcast today. And um, hello, everyone. My name is Emir. I'm from Turkey. I was born in Istanbul. Kind of, I was raised in Switzerland. I spent a few years there at TASIS. I graduated uh, from there, went to NYU, did my double major at NYU, Stern and the Polytechnic. Then I started having my own businesses, and now I've just turned 30, and I have several businesses that I run, um, and I'm involved in many other things that we can go into details later on, but that's pretty much uh, all you need to know about me. Very exciting. Emir, for families who are pursuing top-of-the-line education, Switzerland has always been a no-brainer. But within Switzerland, there are numerous options for boarding schools. What made you choose TASIS? Um, to me, actually, I was introduced to um, Rosé through my friends first, initially, and um, I was so close to going there. However, I wanted to spend one more year in Istanbul. I was studying at a, at a French high school back then. So after that, when it was a decision-making time, uh, we started searching for schools that had good um, rates for the U.S. Uh, universities. And TESIS, as it's an American school that's based in Switzerland, was one of the first choices that we had. And uh, today, looking back, you know, like, and having friends from Rosé, Eglon, Tassis, and, you know, several other schools that's based in Switzerland, I feel like I've done a great choice for myself. And my brother as well followed my uh, footsteps, graduated from Tassis as well. Um, and we both had a, a great experience. And, and I know that the other schools are as great as Tassis because, uh, you know, we were all kind of raised together spending weekends together, participating in extracurricular activities together. So to me, the most important thing is actually belonging to a school that you fit well, because then that, that title kind of carries on towards your life and your business, your, your social life. It's just like a nice tag to carry along with yourself. Absolutely. And Emir, in order to instill discipline, these boarding schools enforce pretty structured schedules. You need to wake up a certain time for breakfast, you have designated study times, you sign in and out when you want to leave campus. How did you adapt to having to follow these rules? Um, I was raised in a family where we had rules like that. We had, uh, you know, put together family dinners once a week. Uh, you know, we used to wake up at certain hours a day. Uh, I feel like, you know, when you have the appropriate uh, family education um, at home when you're when you're young then the swiss boarding schools rules don't really change much it's just like a norm uh, and it was the norm for me like what to do what i did at uh, at, the, at tassis i kind of did before at home so uh, it was pretty easy for me to adapt and I was always fascinated by the, by different cultures. So to me, it was a perfect place to blend in. I was just going to ask about cultures. Uh, did you have a roommate? 
Yes, my first years I had one roommate, and then my final year I had the best uh, room possible at Tassis. And so, but I had to share it with two more roommates. Um, yeah, I had, you know, I have now looking back, I have amazing stories to tell and I have funny stories to tell. And sometimes I have a little bit of annoying ones, but, you know, overall, it was just a great experience. Were you all from different nationalities? Yes, my last year, it was German, French, me, Turkish, Chinese from Hong Kong. Um, so it was like a real uh, culture soup. Absolutely. What were some of your favorite things to do on campus? Um, you know what? I was very active in sports and in music and in many different arts. Uh, so to me, like living at school, um, a very safe environment, which enabled me to participate in many things that I wanted to without really an extra effort or push. Meaning, you know, like if, you, if you're based in Paris, London, New York, Istanbul, like these big cities like Hong Kong, uh, attending school and then doing any kind of other activities, it takes literally like with the traffic and with your day-to-day -day routine, it takes so much of your time, your energy. By the time you get to your class, you're not really participating at 100%. So to me, like this was very important in Switzerland. I really had time and I, I was acting, I was at my 100% in everything I did because I was living there. I was you know, act, act, active in sports, in my classes. So it was all together. And this was one of the reasons why, um, what comes to my mind at first. Yeah, that's a great point. Now let's talk about everyone's favorite part, the trips. Tassis has the blue, green and white concept, which means all high school students uh, get to go on at least one trip of each color every year. Blue is the cultural uh, trip and directly relates to subjects that you're learning in school. So for instance, if you're studying medieval history, you can visit Rome or Athens. Then green is nature, mountain, outdoors related. So you could go sailing in Sardinia or hiking in Cinque Terre. And finally, white is related to snow. So that would be skiing or snowboarding. Which trips did you go on and which one was your absolute favorite? I did Rome actually with my Italian class. Um, and it was amazing because, you know, I'm so, I feel like I'm good at learning new languages. So when I lived in Lugano, I was picking up Italian pretty fast because French is also my second language. Um, at that point, I was very interested in speaking Italian and I was taking art history, I was taking other historical classes. Then with my Italian class, and I, I had a lovely, lovely professor at Tassis that I remember still up today and I'm still in touch with. So we went to Rome and th that trip was just amazing because we were going through everything that I did all my life in Rome, in Italian, with my Italian professor and our tour guides. So I feel like these trips also make the whole education a real education because I, you know what, like, I just want to say something. The American education is so different than the rest of the world. Uh, and the American, the American education is based on experiments. So while you experiment a language, a historical, you know, art history or something like that, going and seeing and experiencing firsthand makes you apprehend everything in more depth 
rather than just reading and memorizing because I really don't believe in the French education, which such as like memorize, memorize, memorize. The British is similar. So to me, I feel like Tussis was great at that because we were experimenting like physics, um, biology, all these classes, we had different experiments to go outside half, you know, halfway through the class, you're going stepping outside and like doing the experiments with your, uh, with your friends, your acquaintances. And it's just, it makes you remember, it makes you memorize. I'm so, so glad you mentioned this because this is such a huge part of, you know, what TASIS offers. As you said, you know, it's not the learning by memorization, but it's learning by experiencing. And what better way to learn than from actually visiting the sites and getting this incredible exposure. So thank you for mentioning that. You were just touching on language. TASIS is located in Montagnola, Ticino, the Italian part of Switzerland. And the school is just an hour away from Milan. Were you able to learn uh, Italian during your time there? How many languages do you speak? Yes. So I, I started attending Tessis when I had uh, Turkish, French, English. Um, not to mention that my English just like, I mean, improved drastically to the point where I could not even have subtitles when I watched the movie. Uh, not to mention, I was also studying for the SATs and I, 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 I believe I marked the top third in Turkey as wow. I'm Turkish, and I took my SATs at TASIS, and I studied with TASIS um, at their private uh, classes and uh, tutors. Uh, yeah, I was the top three uh, of the SATs that year in Turkey, uh, nationwide. And um, basically, Italian, I just started picking up when I was there. I started taking Italian also. I was taking literally French and Italian, both. And in, in a period of two to three years, I was, I can say I'm, I was pretty good in Italian as well. That's excellent. And Amir, now that you can look back on it, what's the most important gift or lesson that you got from TASIS? You know what? The best gift that I got from TASIS is my friends. And at a very, 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 very early age, and it's not only my friends, my professors as well. I became friendly with most of my professors. Some of them moved to London, some of them moved to New York. So we always stayed in touch, uh, up to date. And so, you know, friendships, different cultures, especially now considering what the world is going through with different countries are like in today's day and age, we are practically in, in a war. And it just made me comprehend the whole different cultures, different personalities at a very early age. And I, I believe that's one gift that you carry on all your life. And that enables your new friendships, your, your, your business deals, you as a person, you as a whole. You're absolutely right. Those friendships last for life. I agree that they are the best gift we get from these schools. And like you said, not only personally, but sometimes we cross, uh, cross paths professionally as well. So yes, absolutely 100% true. Emir, uh, now switching gears a little bit to your professional life, what are the challenges of coming from a lineage of wealth and success? The challenges is that, um, well, the challenges is really up to you and your family because if you're under a lot of pressure that they force 
you know, like some parents force their kids to carry on a certain job, certain title, a certain company and some, some, certain rules. And some people, they don't, you know, but I feel like I was always ambitious when it comes to that. I wanted to prove myself to my family, but also my father did not really put pressure on me to carry on the family legacy. He, he, he gave me and my brother as well. He gave us this as an option. He said, this is here. It's waiting for you. If you want to do it, you do it. If not, you have something in mind, go for it. And he always pushed us to get out of the box, to do something on our own. So first of all, I have to thank my parents here because they were not um, stubborn parents and they did not want us to work in a certain company, a certain way. And my father also did not want to waste you know, did not want us to waste our times, like such as just to live in a different city, they wouldn't allow us to like, you know, do an internship where you carry coffees, because we always knew our potential, my parents knew our potential. So they, they, they forced us to get our own, get on our own feet, whether it's our own company, our own ideas, whether it's with the family business, but they supported us from one to a million. And I feel like we gave them a very good gift, such as creating, especially me, I started creating my companies when I was 23. My last year at NYU, I had my real estate company, which then became one of the fastest growing real estate companies in New York City. Wow. Uh, started developing my first building in New York on in the meatpacking district when I was 25. Right before the crisis, I was about to break ground. I got an offer. I got out of my last deal. After that, I got into technology, which I had an idea about personalized emojis. And then I put a team together um, in the US. Then we launched uh, Bimoji, which then was featured on Forbes several times. And me, I was invited to Forbes 30 under 30, two times. And that being said, I was already keeping myself so busy and hands-on on everything I did then my parents also did not have anything to say such as like oh like you know just come back and work at the family business which i feel like you know everything has aligned a course so today after launching several businesses on my own now i do work with my family as well but i still continue my other endeavors as well and i feel like you know that i gave speeches with richard branson about young entrepreneurships all around the world um, I feel like, you know, I have that uh, push. Tassis taught us actually that we should all think out of the box. And I feel like with today's uh, great education and technology and access to everything that we want, it's kind of difficult not to think out of the box. But, you know, when I was graduated 2010, the technology wasn't up to speed. And Tassis was, you know, Tassis played a great role in my business life at a very early age that they kept saying like think out of the box and you know like create create and with that mindset i went to new york and i started uh, getting into business and even though you didn't choose to get involved in the family business it sounds like it was important to you not to let your parents down and, and be a disappointment right of course i mean i feel like that's a personal thing it's just a personality trait of mine um also you know, like everything I do, I try to do it at a level where I'm proud of it. Um, and I don't measure success with the amount of money you make or with the amount of employees you have. 
to me, success is kind of, you know, with, uh, with technology, for example, having an idea and bringing it to life and, and see other people that you don't know use it is a true success. Whether you make a lot of money or you don't, like that's, that, that comes later. And I feel like this is one thing that I've seen when you always like, when you think about money and making money, then you don't make money. And when you, when you give up and like, you're like, you know what? This is what I'm passionate about. I want to do this. I want to go for it. And this is when it just happens organically. Um, and, you know, if there are families and maybe students that's considering studying in Switzerland, listening to this podcast, I really tell them and I would encourage them to listen to their inner voice because not always the older generations get it. <laughs> Yeah, that that is true. Someone has to be the first one to do it, right? Otherwise, there wouldn't be visionaries. Um, Amir, you were a cast member on the Rich Kids of Instagram. And I watched an interview of yours where you said you didn't care about the show being tacky. You saw it as an opportunity for you to show that you weren't frugal, that you were hardworking and driven despite your wealth. And I think you were incredibly smart in seeing the show as a, plat a powerful platform. I'm curious to know, did the show help your businesses grow in any way? Yes. Actually, I'm so happy that you asked me this question because uh, this is something that during my interviews with um, different uh, places we get into often. Um, when I signed up to do the show, I did not know the other cast members, number one. And number two, I always had self-confidence in myself. I was 23, 24, and I was making a lot of money. And my company was like ranking the fastest growing real estate company in New York. And I, I started it from scratch, right? So real estate was in my blood, perhaps from my family, but like in a, in a different city, a cutthroat market like New York, it's not that easy for anyone to do that. So at a very early age, I was so motivated. So I, I started doing, and at some point I was, I had 55, 60 employees under me. Wow. It was a lot of sacrifice from my side because when I was young and my friends would come to New York and they would go out and party and, you know, like sleep all day long. And me, I would just like go to dinners with my friends, organize their clubs, make sure everything is good for my guests. And then I go home, study for my next meeting that I have at 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, I was so driven in real estate. So I learned a lot. I made a lot. And the reason why I did the show was to, in the U.S., I always believed, I always saw this. If you're from a good background, if you're from a successful, wealthy background, then they kind of give you that treatment that, like, you don't have any problems, there are no issues in your life, everything is given. But I want to remind people one thing. Money is not everything. And people that are wealthy do have problems. Do They do have ambitions. They do have, you know, challenges. And as a person, as a businessman, I wanted to challenge myself from a very, very young age. And participating at Rich Kids of Instagram was one of my challenges. And I feel like when you watch it from one to 10 and when you compare me with the rest of the characters, yes, it is an entertainment platform. Yes, you have to be funny and you have to be sarcastic. Yes, my dog was getting a massage next to me because it's funny. <laughs> and even today at age 30, if you paid me, hundred times more than I got paid to do that show and you offered me to do it, I would say no, because now I have so much more on plate on my plate. But at that point, I was trying to run a business and I was trying to advertise a business 
where in the culture of the United States, everything is based out of media. You know, they know the Kim Kardashian more than they know Barack Obama. I mean, this is the culture that they live in. So, like, I wanted to play with, by the rules. And I feel like, to answer your question, finally, did it help my business? It helped my business tremendously. And this is one of the other reasons why I did it. And do I have regrets? Zero. I watch it today and I laugh my off. <laughs> it's amazing. I love, 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 love it. And I'm glad that I did it at the age 23, I was on TV and I was literally like my posters were, were on the buses in London and my friends would just like send me pictures and stuff like that. And now looking back, I'm like, wow, at the 20, 23 year, year old doing that was great. And I'm happy that I did it. And it did help my business a lot. Yeah, it sounds like it totally worked out in, in your advantage. So, you know, it, it, it was it was a smart move after all. Emir, your generation understands the power of social media better than anyone else. Which social media platforms do your companies use and which ones do you find to be the most effective? Um, to be honest with you, when it comes to business, any business that's fun and up to date uh, can take place in social media. However, I also tend to believe that like old school businesses like myself like in construction real estate development finance energy th these kind of industries are kind of going on their own like you don't need social media you don't need really linkedin unless like you're hiring or you know you're looking at job applications or interviews so to my belief like for example for my businesses i started using uh, for my real estate company back in the day in new york did it really help and i have 2.5 million followers did it really help social media for my real estate business uh, not really because you know you can't really sell a 30 40 million dollar properties out of social media posts um did it did it help my bimoji my my personalized emoji company which introduces design and technology yes it did because that's a design company every every emojis are designed by hand by designers and it's a tech platform so it was it was a tremendous help and Emir, so you, I was gonna. My next question was gonna be, you know, for you to tell us about your companies. You mentioned you're running a real estate company, the personalized emoji uh, tech company. Uh, are there any other businesses you're running, uh, and on which segments do they operate? Yes. So recently, uh, another endeavor in technology. I get, I got involved in conversational commerce. So this software was developed. Uh, early on this year finalized and we started sales in the MENA region first and now we're launching in Europe and uh, the America. Um, I feel like, you know, like once I got myself into technology, it was kind of a um, adventure. I didn't really know. My father had no idea about it either. We just, uh, we were just following investment opportunities and we were kind of getting involved in different companies and like just finding out and like learning as the market is changing often you know like when i i mean i remember my first uber no one knew uber and now where uber is same thing with tesla you know like electric cars and all these different tech related companies it's kind of a twist it's it's a it's a make it or break it thing and i got attached to it so now i'm at my i'm doing my conversational commerce business also, I work with my family business a lot uh, more now. Uh, so, you know, hands full. 
<laughs> it does sound like it. Uh, I can't believe we're already in the end of the podcast. So before we let you go, uh, any final words of wisdom or advice you'd like to share with those who are in the process of deciding on whether or not to invest in an education in Switzerland right now? Yes. Uh, yes and yes. And I can tell you what I can honestly and genuinely and you know, obviously no one told me to say nice things about any of this. You know, if I had a bad experience, I could have easily said so. Um, this comes from my heart. My only regret about boarding school was that I did not go for longer. And, you know, my brother's regret is the same. I feel like the gift of and the privilege of studying in Switzerland and getting connected for life and you know, it was just the perfect environment, safe, uh, safe and sound, uh, amazing education, amazing activities. It prepares you for life. And I'm so grateful about it. I thank my parents every day. And if tomorrow I have kids, I would send them to Switzerland as a graduate and an alumni. So I guess this this says a lot to, to the ones that are considering Switzerland as an investment. It does say a lot. Emir, thank you so much. I truly enjoyed having you on the podcast today. I mean, I'm sure you already know you've been on Forbes 30 under 30 more than once. Uh, so you know you're on the right path and doing extremely well. I personally can't wait to catch up with you in a few years and see what other amazing, creative new ventures you've undertaken and, and gone on. So I truly look forward to that. And we truly appreciate your participation on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And it was a great pleasure and hope to see you soon and reconnect soon. Bye-bye. If anyone else has any questions about anything else they heard on the podcast today, please feel free to email me at carla at swisslearning.com. Thank you and until next time. Mm -hmm.